Hello, Daddy Gang. It is your father. Before we begin this week's episode, I just want to remind you that now you're only hearing my voice on Spotify from here on out. It's a great day, okay? Make sure you follow Call Her Daddy. You're in Spotify right now? Amazing. Make sure you press follow on the Call Her Daddy page and on your other favorite podcast, but more specifically and more importantly, on Call Her Daddy on Spotify so you get all new episodes right in your library. There's also a little bell that you guys can click so it will give you notifications When I drop a new episode or when anything Call Her Daddy related happens, you don't want to miss out on any tea or any new drama. Okay, Spotify, me, you, press follow. I love you guys. Here we go. (laughs) What is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Hello, hello, hello. What the fuck is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father back at it again for another episode of Call Her Daddy. Happy motherfucking Wednesday, Wiener Holes. How are you all feeling today? It's a glorious day. Everybody, we're in on a we're in on a little secret. We're only listening to this on Spotify today, right? Yes. I'm so proud of you guys that you found me and you figured it out after I told you guys 19 times. Spotify, you, me. So, you little shits. The day is finally here. You guys know that I carried that infamous Come stained restoration hardware cloud couch from New York City to goddamn Hollywood, okay? But what you didn't know is that before Laren moved to Chicago for that Midwest dick, she helped me carry that bitch to my garage, which I have now transformed into my podcast studio, which we will now be calling Daddy Gang the Dad Pad. Ooh, it's got a little sexy ring to it, the Dad Pad. And the Dad Pad is where these next few episodes are going down. And I won't be alone. Daddy Gang, I give you Chelsea fucking handler Chelsea I'm so excited that you're here I'm so excited that you're so excited that I'm here that's so cute I Thank know you. I know right, I've never had a, I've never had someone back here to podcast with me this is like really yeah I've never done a podcast back here oh why where do you normally do it um like sit in my bed <laughs> like, oh really talk to myself or I go to like I like get a studio but for you, I was like, let's be intimate. Yeah. Right. Okay. So like, that's why you want me to face you. I see now. Yeah. Right. You can, you can totally face me. Shoes are fine on the couch. Is that is okay? Good. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. That's good vibes. Oh, we've got Henry. This is perfect. How do we sound? You sound like a lot like Whitney Cummings. Has anybody ever told you that? No. Do you know who Whitney is? Of course I do. Okay. Yeah. You guys sound alike. Really? Yeah. Is that a compliment or is that? I don't know. Is it a compliment? <laughs> I mean, it's really what you think of it. 
You know what? I'm going to digest that. Okay. And and think about okay, it. Okay, copy that. <laughs> if you start sweating, raise your hand and I'll turn on the air conditioner, but it's a little loud. Okay. Cop- and I, I want to get like the clearest yeah. Chelsea version of you. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think we're going to get through this without the AC. Okay, me too. And that's a big commitment for me because I really fucking love air conditioning. Oh, I have, I have waters for you. I had lukewarm and I walked in oh here and my I was like, God. this bitch is literally going to be like. That's an affront. Someone, when someone hands me a warm bottle of water. You chuck it back in I want to stab that person with a fork. So that was going to be me this morning. Yeah, you're lucky. stabbed with a fork. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Lista. Okay, here we go. Okay, Chelsea Handler is a legend in comedy who helped pave the way for many working comics like myself today through her willingness to broach subjects that many find taboo in a way that is authentic and hilarious. Chelsea, you are an icon. I'm very excited for your upcoming vaccinated and horny tour this summer, your iHeartRadio podcast, Dear Chelsea, and Jesus Christ, this list is long. You're making me look bad. Your HBO special that is out now that I watched the other week, Evolution. Hello, Chelsea. Oh, my God. What an introduction. I know. Tell us about all of this. Tell me everything. I'm also like, how the fuck do you have time to do all of this? Well, we all have to work, right? (laughs) You know, I mean, we got to make a living. We have to make a living. And I like to make people uh, happy and laughy and silly. And I like people to uh, get a little braver when they're around me, be a little bolder, you know, really like kind of and not take yourself so seriously. So this is a great time to spread that kind of message. You know what I mean? We've got optimism in the air. Things are opening up. I want to be part of the reason why people are getting together and going in to large crowds for the very first time. So like being on stage is so natural to want to do in this moment. Every comedian is, you know, hard up to perform. And also it's a really great time to be doing comedy, you know, think about where we are, like socially, politically, everything that's gone on in the past couple years. Um, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're, it's a good time to make some social commentary. It is a great fucking time. Can you please tell me about the STD name that you coined that's going to be happening this summer? That's, it- uh, yes, that's called Coverpies. <laughs> I predict there will be a new strain of a new STD that we haven't had yet. And the vaccination will not cover it. I am so excited. Like, is it fucked up that I want to get that? I feel like people this summer are going to want to have that badge of honor to show like, oh, I've been putting in the work this summer. I have got co-herpes. COVID herpes. What is it? It's co-herpes. And it's going to be mainly taking place in Florida. So (laughs) on the beaches of Daytona Beach. Yes, exactly. They were the first. (laughs) That's where it will originate. That was where the first strain was shown yes. and then it spread. Um, I think that's great. I think everybody go watch. I watched Evolution the other week. You are hilarious. Um, I liked your little jumpsuit that you were wearing. Lots of flexibility when you were like doing lunges. I like how you do like a lot of physical movement in your show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I like to remain spry as I transition into a middle-aged slash elderly woman. I like to take, I like to make sure I can keep my bounce up. And also I like to wear white. I was wearing a white jumpsuit during this special because, um, 
whenever I'm expecting my period, I right. like to wear white because there's no reason men should not enjoy my period as much as I do. I think that's so beautiful. And that was perfectly said. Everybody moving forward this summer, we're wearing white when we're bleeding. Yes. Um, and then just bleed out. You know right. what I mean? Just bloodlet. <laughs> like fuck, fuck let tampons. It, yes. We don't need fucking tampons this summer. We're letting it go. Okay. So Chelsea, it's just been so long since we last saw each other. And you probably have no idea what I'm talking about because I saw you, but you didn't exactly see me. Okay, go with me here. Um, It was April 12th. I just looked this up. My parents bought me tickets to your Life Will Be the Death of Me tour in Philadelphia at the Met Theater. And I was sitting in the fucking nosebleeds. Literally, I was up in the fucking nosebleeds, could barely see you. And I remember leaving that day saying to my parents, like, damn. I hope I can meet her one day. And now two years later, we're sitting in my back house in California on my couch together. Oh, that's a great fucking story. How crazy is that? Awesome. I love it. But I was going to ask you because I'm like, all right. My first thought was to be like, well, first, do you even know who I am? (laughs) Chelsea shows up. She's like, oh, yeah, like had a nice little hit. I'm ready to go. I'm like, I was going to ask you what your perception of me was. But then I was like, humbled myself. I'm like, do you know who I am? Do you know where you are right now? Well, I know that um, your podcast is called Call Her Daddy. That's good. That's a good start. So I know that much. And I know that you're a comedian. Oh. And that's pretty much all I know. (laughs) (laughs) And I honestly respect it because I was thinking and I'm like, I think I got to just ask her and let's like break off the bandaid. Like, does she even know who I am? Do you know even where you are? I respect that. Thank you. I'm a huge fan. I hope one day you become a fan of mine. I'm already a fan of yours. Okay, cool. I'm so, already a fan of yours. I've, I've listened to your podcast. So oh, I have? listened to one episode, yes, when they sent it to me, my publicity team, okay. to say we want you to do this. And then they send me a podcast. So, I mean, they sent me a sample. Um, so, yeah, I'm not familiar with you, but I would say already upon meeting you that you I like you very much. Okay, that's fucking great. Because I know, aren't you working on being like less cunty in therapy right now? I, uh, well, I was. Oh, okay. I was. I want to cunt loop actually so I go from being very 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 sweet and then I have a period of time where I have to get away from people and that's usually about three months and I have to just do like hardcore physical exercise during that time and then I can come back and be nice and kind again it's just like a little bit of a bitch loop you know what I mean you have to know when to remove yourself from society and from people and you have to know when to like spread the joy, you know, like if I'm not spreading joy and sunshine, then I should be by, by myself. Yeah, you should be in solitary. So I'm catching you on kind of the cunty rave, but like you're not you're vibing with me a little bit, which is a I'm good vibing thing. with you. You're just you're just probably intimidated by me for some reason because I give off that intimidation vibe when I'm not doing when I'm not trying to. Right. Well, you're wearing sunglasses high in my house and I've never met you and I'm a huge fan. So, yeah, no, definitely intimidating. However, let me bring us down to equilibrium. I'm from Pennsylvania. Oh. And I know you're from Jersey. Yeah. Where where are you from in Pennsylvania? Uh, you know what? Every time someone asks me, where are you from in Pennsylvania? I'm like, do you know anywhere in Pennsylvania? Yes. But I know you would. See? Um, Bucks County. Like okay, Newtown, I know. PA. Okay. I know. I know. But I've heard of Bucks County for sure. Because my par- grandparents used to live in Chambersburg, which was oh. the most boring place on <laughs> yeah. the planet. They're like out on the cornfields. Like, oh, yeah. We would go there and I was just like, this sucks, this sucks so bad. And then you're from Jersey. So we're, we come from the same water. Right. Exactly. Okay. okay. Is that the Atlantic Ocean you're referring to? Is that the body of water? It that is, we- but I was trying to make us feel a little bit more condensed. Like okay. we're in the PA, New Jersey range. Right. 
Right. Um, like we don't fuck with the Floridians. And you know what? It's good. Neither one of us has that accent. That oh, you know that mayor of Easttown accent where you say pantyhose and. <laughs> And how do you think she, do you think she's doing it well? Yes, I fucking love Kate Winslet. Like I, I, if that show could be on every week for the rest of my life, it would just be perfect. That's all I want is that show and I won't watch anything else. I was kind of terrified because I don't even know if I can do the accent and I'm fucking from there. And then the minute she started doing it, it like brought me back to the roots, but also made me realize like I'm so happy I don't sound like that. That is one accent that I do find incredibly like irksome, you know, that Which, that panty hood. Moist or, or, or Wooder. 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 <laughs> Can you pass me some wooder? I also did yeah, not give icky. I didn't give Chelsea any water because I know that she doesn't like She only has warm. room temperature water. Dude, I'm like a freak fan over here. I'm like, I know that Chelsea doesn't like lukewarm water. Like, why do I know that about you? You're also like, wait, what's your last name? Anyways, it's fine. I was thinking about your career. Creatively. You could get on a stage back in the day and you could say some fucking crazy shit, which I'm sure you did. And you could kind of maybe take creative risks because like there was no social media. No one's going to be like filming and be like, haha, look what Chelsea said. How has the process of creating comedy evolved for you? I learned, you know, a few years ago, I would say that I was... I, w- I was used to balancing many things at one time in a mediocre way. And I w- made a lot of money doing it that way, but I wasn't satisfied with my work creatively at that pace and at that level. It was, I was throwing, you know, caution to the wind. And now when I do something creatively, I'm intensely focused and I actually take it seriously. And I take the whole process of stand up much more seriously than I did before, which yields much different level of work, you know? Yeah. So, even though calm stand-up is funny and you're making people laugh, you know, it's good to take that seriously as yeah. your job instead of just kind of cashing a check and saying yes because the opportunity's there instead of cultivating the opportunity to do something creative. And after this last special on HBO, I was able to actually show a part of myself that many people didn't know existed, um, you know, myself included. So, you know, now coming back to stand-up after taking like kind of six years off of it, I have a I have a different grounding now. I'm yeah. here. I, I understand what the responsibility that comes with with the idea that you're going to be you know performing in front of four or five thousand people. I get that, and I take that on with like welcome. You know, I welcome that responsibility. Why do you think that changed for you? Do you started to just like respect the craft more? I just started to respect myself more and what I do more. You yeah. know, for a long time. Um, you know, I was just working very fast and a lot all the time and saying yeah. yes to everything and books and tours and TV shows. And it was this cycle of like seven years and I was fucking exhausted. And so in order for me to maintain interest in doing creative stuff, I need to really like take care of myself when it's not all creative. And this isn't my, you know, it can't be my whole life. Yeah. It That's just, interesting. You know, for a certain period of time when you're starting out, you have to do that. But I don't want to be, I don't want this to be my only defining stuff, you know? I'm interested to know, like, obviously you would have adapted, but like how differently do you think your career would have been if you were like in the age of social media and that was like the way to get seen? Well, I mean, I don't, I mean, I, be, I, I haven't given that, you know, I haven't given that 
much thought. I think you have to, you can't resist whatever time you're in, right? You have to be like social media is burdensome a lot of the time to have to operate on that, you know, and that, and, but you have to get into the movement of it. You have to get into the rhythm and embrace it. That's what's happening. So you resisting something only prolongs your, you know what I mean? Yeah bad relationship with it. So you just kind of got to get on board with what's happening. So me coming up like when I did when we didn't have social media, quite honestly, I would have to say it gave us so much more time to focus on what we were doing, right? Because now social media is the crux of it. Like you do make a name for yourself on social media. So like that is the main, that is the main point before the main point was doing stand-up like yeah if if I had been of the time I would have been doing bits out of my bed you know like you I would be doing that kind of stuff but now for me to do that you're like oh it it, you know you would think oh that's so funny like you know what if I do that now after everything and so it's interesting to talk about and it's probably not far from being, you know, from happening. <laughs> no, I respect also your social media. I love following you because I'm like, you are very good at social media. Um, Yeah. I mean, I've leaned into it. Like I like, you know, I like, I like to have a good vibe about stuff yeah. instead of being like, I hate this. Yeah. You know, it's so fucking annoying to hear somebody complain. It's yeah. like, no, nobody wants to hear that. And nobody wants to, you know, be like be like that. So in the beginning, you know, first of all, I love Twitter because I just like writing, like sounding yeah. off and stuff, yeah, you know, um, yes. TikTok is harder for me because a, I cannot dance and I cannot sing and I have no rhythm. So I can only just sound off on there too. And Instagram. Yeah. I've totally worked my way around it. I have fun with it and I try not to, well, I don't try not to, I don't take myself seriously in a beauty, in a beauty way. Do you know what I mean? So so that so anytime I'm nude on Instagram, it's not trying to be sexy. I'm being silly. Like I'm being stupid. Like skiing down with a joint in one hand and a margarita in the other in a bikini bottom and topless is very funny to me. I think it's good that you don't take yourself too seriously. And I kind of wish that everyone else would take a little page out of your book because that is what I think my, I know my generation is like so focused on putting up like that perfect picture and like oh fuck I have to like face tune this and I have to look perfect and I have to look like every LA bitch and it's like chill the fuck out like relax it's gonna be okay if like you're breaking out you're human you can post the fucking picture with a pimple on your face if anything I think that's almost more attractive now than to be like fully a glazed fucking donut and like have face tune all over you yeah have you ever face tuned a photo I don't know no I've never done that ever <laughs> I my know. friend Leah Remini, Lemony, uh, Lemony, let's call Lemony. her Lemony, actually. I was over there the other day and she, we took a picture and she's like, okay, let me do my thing. I go, don't fucking touch my face. She goes, come here, come here. I'm going to just show you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to soften. I go, stop it. I go, you look like, that's exactly like glazed a glazed donut, donut when yeah. you do that. And she's you like, no, lose. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. You, it, It's an addiction. And I think it's hard because you start to like lose facial features. I respect that, you know, like you look better. That's also good for you. You look better with no Photoshop than Photoshop. You're like, I don't know if I said that. Fuck off. Okay, you're like, hold on. I don't think I, I said, said that, yeah, but no. I'm sure I do look better. But I mean, it's just I can't do that. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm not much. down with that. It's too much time and effort. Right. And you can really go into a dark hole. Yeah. Okay. Not to like take things too serious down, but I want to kind of know your view on cancel culture. I think that when people make an apology and it's sincere that that should count for something. 
Um, and the people that aren't apologizing need to understand why they need to apologize and actually address the issue head on instead of trying to like, you know, get back in under the door. It's like, all you have to do is say you're sorry and mean it. Yeah. Why is that so fucking hard? So it's a learning curve for everybody. And it's frustrating on many levels. Some for, you know, for white men, especially they're yeah. like, what the, why is the party over? Why is the fucking party <laughs> over? We can't rape you guys anymore. You're going to tell on us. It's like, uh, uh, uh yeah, party's over. Yeah. Everyone's telling on you now. Like, and you know, so the answer to that is if you're a man and you know, it's just, if you're talking to, if you're a man talking to a woman about sexism, or if you're a white person talking to a person of color about racism, the only responses are, thank you. Yep. <laughs> thank you for telling me. Yeah. Thank you for spending your time explaining this to me. And I'm sorry that I didn't know better. Has anyone ever tried to cancel you? Oh, I don't know. Probably. I mean, <laughs> like every know. day, sweetheart. But you know, like, like, evolu- like, you know, my, my, my special is called evolution, but like the word evolution applies to most people. Most people grow and learn. And, you know, mine has f- fortunately been very well documented. Yeah. You know what I mean? I talk about it all and I've always been open and honest about where I'm coming from. And you have to be able to admit that you've been wrong or that you're, totally. you know, and the, you know, and that you're, you didn't know, you know, when you know better, you do better. It's fucking it's true and it should be it should apply to everybody and so I think there is going to be a moment after all this cancel culture where there is going to be a real togetherness with everybody and people are going to be more supportive and more mindful because if it's taught us anything it's that people are fucking cunty and we have to behave better like we all have to decuntify. I have to wake up two hours early every morning just to decuntify. I'm like, wait, too- what is the decuntify process? Well, I meditate oh, and oh. then I'm just alone. I read, but I'm like, I have to be up at like five just so I'm like, hey, you're going to be really, really sweet to every single person you meet today. You're never going to lose your patience and you're never going to lose your temper with anyone. Am I the first person you're seeing today? No, oh. I've seen a bunch of people today. Oh, okay. I start early. Oh, okay. So I'm like not like the first person you're like, oh, I'm still a little cunty. Like you're kind of like eased oh, no, in. No, no, you're no, no. I'm up good. I'm oh. good. Okay, I'm good. good. Okay, Can't you good. feel the magic? Oh, totally. You're you're wearing a dress and your legs are spread on my couch. No, her legs are closed. Um, they're about child, to open. Though. They're about to slow. They're slowly opening through this interview. <laughs> slowly. Um, I I respect that. We. I want to ask you now, like when you go to do a stand up, like has it changed because of the times? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just announced my tour, Vaccinated Horny, which we talked about. So I've done about, I've been warming up this new hour that I've written. Um, there's a lot of talk about how idiotic white men are to not understand what's happening and to not get on the bus. The world is getting browner and gayer. So you better hop aboard or you're going to fucking miss the bus. Get on bitch. So there's a lot of like, Hey, don't make us tell you this again. Yeah. We are trying to explain to you how to work with us so that you don't become fucking extinct. Okay. (laughs) There are species of animals that are procreating without men. We are a thousand years behind animals. So if men are not careful, we're going to learn how to fucking do it without them and then they won't be here I don't want that for men so that's why I'm trying to explain to, it's a good threat it could happen it could ha- it could happen unless they prove themselves to be a little bit more useful in more meaningful ways yeah. than they have been up until now 
Yeah, there's a lot of self-deprecation. <laughs> there's a lot of like, you know, sexual frustration due to COVID. I had had a sexual, I had a, like a COVID testing kit at my house. So once I realized that this was going to go on for months, I was like, all right, I'm just going to have guys over and give them the test. I would give them the nasal swab, put Stop. it in the kitchen, and it would take... 20 to 30 minutes to get the results back and in that time I'd go back out on my patio and hang out with them and if they said anything annoying or mentioned one of their balls then I would tell them that their test was positive wait how can I ask you how the fuck do you find guys like are you on dating apps yes I am I'm, I'm on Raya mm-hmm. <gasps> oh. I definitely used Raya and do you try that's to- pretty much the only one I use but yeah. I'm not I'm, I'm open to dating apps I just Oh, totally. Why not? Of Wait, course. do you do you try to stray away from anyone that's famous? Yes. But then do you trust people that aren't? Yeah, I don't care about that. Listen, like this is the package. I am who I am. I yeah. can't do anything to change that. It's not like they can meet me like 20 years ago. Yeah. That's not realistic. So they better like it. You know what I mean? Do you think you when you were in your like 30s, 20s, did you get nervous about trusting people or now and now you think you're just like, I don't give a fuck. This is I've never is. really had a trust issue. I mean, I, 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 I may be trusting men romantically, yeah. but trusting people. No. Okay. I, like, I like people, and I always kind of, yeah. I You're always, like, come in, like, let's do it. Who yeah, I always have strangers around. Like, you know, I have, like, a, a, a group of core people that are always around me. Yeah. But there's always strangers, like, coming in and out, and they all know right away whether someone's here for, you know. Yeah permanently or temporarily got it so got I'm, it. they're always like oh yeah chelsea loves her now give her two months or something right. you know there'll be like some new person that's floating around do you prefer high sex or not high sex i know i like morning sex oh okay that's what i've been kind of I like when everything's alert like i like nighttime sex but like right. in, in terms of like feeling time of day like Ooh. all of that it's nice to be super sober right for okay sex okay yeah i agree you okay know? so then are you having these people over your house in the morning or they get to stay no 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 of course not okay no, no. you're not like 8 a.m raya date coming on over yeah, come on over so we can go have yeah split a coffee a right. cappuccino <laughs> and then no you don't want to talk to them for that long no. please no 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 do you are you dating anyone like specific, like like no exclusively no okay <laughs> Chelsea's like please get out of my face when did you get into therapy i'm not in therapy currently i was in therapy for about two years and then you know like i just felt a big 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 shift and i thought oh okay i should take a break from therapy now and see if i can incorporate all the stuff that I've learned into my life without a therapist and without being like you know codependent did you feel like you were getting code like you were getting dependent on your therapist no but I just mean like two years is a good run for therapy you know I got a lot out of it I changed a lot and I thought okay well this is good and then you know eventually my therapist will start to annoy me so I was like let me get ahead of that you know like I don't want to like I don't want this to explode (laughs) this relationship I would like to end it nicely and calmly um but I haven't, you know, I will definitely go back to therapy when I feel the need to speak to somebody about something. But it's been nice um, to take all of the stuff that I learned in therapy and and apply it to my life and do it. I'm like, I feel like a fucking adult for the first time in my life. And I'm wow. 46. And I've always had everyone kind of pampering or taking care of me for a really long time. So this is like a kind of stage of real independence for me. Like, so I, I know when a relationship you know, I was run its course. Yeah, we without being and and also don't be upset about that. Right, that's, that's okay. So you felt like you actually got a lot from those two years of therapy. Oh, completely changed my life. It was like the best investment I've ever made in my life. That's what I've said. Like I'm in therapy, and I'm like, it is literally the best investment you can ever make. 
hands down because it, it just helps you like be so much more aware of why you are the way you are right right you're just basically paying somebody for the transaction of telling you what's wrong with you yeah like where what your shortcomings are like I would like a debt like a straight up report you know like if it could be that simple and you could just print it out and say oh these are your personality defects and defaults I would be like, great, that's what I can work with because I'm very linear. So I was like that. I would be like, hey, just tell me what my problem is. It's so crazy because I know there are some therapists that like really try to play the long game and they like won't tell you. And I've had friends be like, I start to look at them and be like, tell me the fucking answer. Like, what the fuck? Like, I know you know. And sometimes I guess it's like through therapy, they try to like get you there. But I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to get there. I'm paying you to fucking tell right, me. Right, right, right. Did you have moments in therapy where you're like, uh, yeah fast forward I was like land the plane buddy you know (laughs) come on like how many times do we have to circle around this drain and yes yeah I did have moments like that but I had major breakthroughs and he said a lot that I needed to hear you know my brother died when I was nine years old and I just hadn't didn't have the brain power at that time to digest it in an adult way so I've always had this kind of little girl part of me that felt abandoned and alone and wanted attention and to make sure that I was super secure. That's why I'm not married. That's why I don't have children because I never wanted to have to rely on anyone else ever again, you know? that makes sense. And it's deep stuff that you don't even think that you're um, applying to your life, but you are because of, you you know, it's like delayed grief. It's repressed emotion. It's all of these things. And unless you're down to get real with yourself, those things are going to fester and fester until they're ready to bubble up and then they're going to disturb you. Do you agree that, you can't like force someone to go into therapy. Like you have to be ready to do it when you're ready to do it. Like maybe you wouldn't have been ready to get into therapy in your twenties. Like right. it, it kind of takes like you knowing like, all right, I'm ready. How did you decide to get into therapy? Um, I think, uh, you know, I did try to go to therapy many other times. I and mean, just- I think I remember sending my assistant to the therapist once cause <sighs> I went twice. I was like, this woman is ridiculous. I go, you have to go. And then the next week I was like, can you go again? And then finally she was Karen, who was my assistant at the time. She was like, actually I've been getting a lot out of it. I'm like, great. You're like, you keep going. I'll keep paying. And then also get the answers for me while you're there. Right. So that's fucking iconic. I was like, are you guys talking about me? Or are you guys talking about you? And she's like, mostly you, but I'm, I'm learning a lot. I'm like, great. Let me know what you find out. But, uh, yeah, I went, that made me go to therapy. I don't know. Probably the election. I think that set me over the edge. I went lo- like, I lost my marbles yeah. there for a while. I couldn't believe that people voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, what, what? You were like, wait, I can't leave the house. No, we're no one is safe. I was like, people can't be this this bad. Dude, your bit about going into the fucking airport. The <laughs> Fox like, News lounge and just going was, off on Republicans for being Republican. I and then the when you were like, and uh <laughs> one day there I didn't even have a flight and there I was. I'm like, okay. So yeah, I'm glad you got into therapy. Are you doing a lot of self-reflection still? Or now are you like, all right, I did it, I'm moving on. Well, I've done a lot. Yeah. I think I'm I'm definitely on the exit phase of the self-reflection. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can only self-reflect for so long before your own head is up your own ass, you know? Do you ever like look back? I'm just curious at like old like Chelsea lately videos. Like mm-hmm. I okay, I can't even go back and listen to my old episodes. My voice, Chelsea, you would die. I will play it for you after maybe. My voice was so affected. Like in, in the beginning when I started the show, I was like this. Oh, me too, me too. When oh. I started Chelsea lately, my voice was like this. I would talk like this. And so, I mean, I still do it. I have to modulate it all the time the and cringe. go, shut up. You're fucking screeching right now. Right, like you're annoying. Yeah. Like be self-aware know. enough to know. It's no one's listening to it. so painful to listen to yourself. It is so It gives painful. me... 
literally, I, I die inside a little bit every time I hear it. And so, but one of the segments that I think I'm going to implement into my new show is I want to do like exposing the archives and I want to play old clips from my old episodes. Cause like I used to say crazy shit. I was like, if you are a five or a six, you need to die for that dick. Like if you're not as cute, sorry, but you need to be 10 times nastier on the dick because the nine or a 10, like, yeah, they can lay there like a dead fish. But if you go in ham on that dick, then the guy's going to like you more like fuck the nine or the 10, like, but you got to put in that extra work. And so I'm realizing like, maybe I should go back and like, listen to some of the psychotic shit I said and almost like recap and see if I still like agree with myself. Cause do you think you agree with everything you used to say? No, of course not. But I can't sit through my old stuff. Oh my God. That sounds like such a nightmare. You'd be back in therapy. (laughs) No, I had to break up. My boyfriend when I was on E was the president of E and I would come home and he would have me on the TV after I had just come home from filming in my own show he would expect me to watch it and I would I, I that was one of the reasons we broke up I go you honestly you're killing me with this I go I cannot walk into the bathroom he had TVs installed into the bathroom so the mirror they were inlaid in the mirror you're and, like shitting and, and I would basically yourself. just come home and see her myself I'm like oh my god you've got to be joking I guess it's like a compliment that he was like a huge fan but you're also like shut the fuck up like if I have to see myself after I I can't stand my voice some days I'm like I can't listen to myself speak I know have you ever I'm like selfishly doing this now sorry guys do you have you ever been obviously in like a creative rut and like what do you do when you're in a creative rut Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Creative ruts suck because yeah. oh. that feels it feels so hopeless, but it's so not. I guess the thing to remember is a everything is always moving, right? Like yeah. nothing so you get creative flows and bursts and then you get creative like where you're I mean, I have certainly spent like you know multiple days watching television during COVID when I could have been doing something creative like right. write or or right or right (laughs) or right right. but like literally just gotten in bed and watched like eight episodes of a show you know and been like in a total rut because it's like why work where are we going nothing's happening you know what am I going to write about the world's ending I felt humorless for so long you know there was a lot of like a lack of nothing was funny nothing there was nothing funny I mean people are dying every day it's like how can you be laughing at you know during that time so Creatively, I just don't beat myself up. Like yeah. I give myself the space to work on stuff, but I don't berate myself anymore if I don't do it. I don't have self-loathing. I'm not like you should have done that. I don't do that ever. I know because that you know that dialogue you have with yourself has an impact on you. But my question, I have a question for you. Are you so? What are you going to do a performance in front of people? I don't know. Like. I have never done it and people want me to do it. And obviously my agents are like, get on a fucking stage and like perform. But I'm like, I don't know if I, I don't think I'm like, I don't know if I'm a stand, like stand up comedian. Like I don't. Well, you got to try it and see if you I like have it. To, right? You might love it. It's true. Um, do you have a moment that you will never forget or like something that sticks to you? Did you ever like flop? Yes. Oh, God. Wait, yes. tell me. At the Montreal Comedy Festival. I don't remember what year it was. You're like, I no at s- 9 o'clock p.m., yeah, I was wearing a blue basically. skirt. I was, like, supposed to be, like, the hot ticket of the festival. Like, everyone was talking about this new up-and-comer. And I was, like, I guess I was in my late 20s. And I had a room set late that night. Like, there was it was filled with industry. Like, 100 agents. And, like, TV execs and studio execs and everything. And... 
I bombed. And it was devastating. I was, it was 24 hours of me just like, I didn't call anyone in my family. I didn't talk to anyone. My friend, I think Zach Galifianakis was with me and was trying to console me for a little bit. But I could be confusing him with somebody completely different. <laughs> but I think it may have been him. Yeah, it was. And I was just like, fuck, I can't believe this. And then. Like, what is that feeling like when you're it on was, stage? It was so awful. But this is a great story to tell because this, for everybody who's listening, who is a creative person, mm-hmm. I bombed. I, everyone who's in the room was not going to give me a deal. And on the Monday, following that Saturday where the show was, yeah. or the Tuesday night, I did a show at Luna Park. And the two executives that weren't at the show came from NBC and some other place. And I killed. And I got my deal. And that was 72 hours after Damn. the worst feeling in the world. I got the biggest opportunity of my life at that point. So that's a really good story for yeah. everybody to know to be true. That's inspiring. It's like you can have like the worst fucking day in that moment. Like you could get down. You could be like, oh, fuck, I can't get back on a stage. Like that's paralyzing. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. All those things. All the things. Um. I know you have done some potty humor, obviously, like shitting your fucking pants. I will never forget, like you're saying you bombed. I released one episode that I think is one of the worst episodes I've ever released. It was not funny to people. But to me and my friend, it was fucking hilarious because so she was a teacher at the time and she told me that she would crop dust the fucking kids and I was like what is crop dusting it's when you fart next to someone and you like walk away so she was like I was crop dusting the kids left and right because I was really gassy one day that I was teaching and then I made a comment being like god damn it like I hope it wasn't an egg fart and people got so you know what an egg fart is when it smells a little eggy Yes. Yeah, and people were like, that is so disgusting, Alex. I mean, I know what an egg fart is for sure. So I like the specific I like the specificity of right? the reference. You yes. Can, like, you can smell that. Mm, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're not upset by it. No, 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 no. I'm not I would never get upset about it. You said you can tell I mean, obviously I, I'm assuming you're like kinda joking, but you said you can kinda tell when like what kind of drug people would be like good to use. Tell me. Okay. What well, do you think? I mean, not cocaine for oh. you. And not, I mean, probably not Adderall either because you seem pretty high energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're like, shut the fuck up. Please calm down. Um, but just like edibles, probably. You probably love edibles, right? Do you smoke weed? I do. And I haven't like actually smoked like a joint in a while, but like edibles is the one thing that I do. Yeah. Like at night, always go for. Yeah. Um, Your ayahuasca experience. I want to do it. And I'm so fucking nervous because I'm not really a big drug person, but I've heard someone said to me the other day, they were like, I literally had gone, th- I've gone done it twice now, they said. And they were like, the second time I'd gone through all my therapy, like I'm fucking good now. So now I can really go in there. And she was like, I left with like the entire marketing plan for the next two years of my company. And I was like, I will do anything for my brand. So like if I can see the vision of call her daddy in this ayahuasca experience, like I want to do it and like find the creative, like, do you recommend it? I do. Okay. 
I do. But, you know, like you also can't, you have to talk to an actual medical course, professional. Yeah. Well, you don't have to. But if you're on any sort of antidepressants, you do. Yeah, I'm not. You know, if you're on any sort of like, because some people do have bad experiences with ayahuasca. But I think if you're pretty open minded, like you really have to go into that with an intention of like having a positive experience yeah. and being open and not fearful. So, I, I mean, you don't strike me as a very fearful person. So I think people, when they go into with drugs and they're so scared, you're you like know, tense. it really does impact your experience. So you have to really be free, like a free spirit. And you didn't shit or throw up? I did not shit. I vomited once. And that was, I, first of all, I knew I wasn't going to shit my pants because I'm a fucking professional. I'm not going to have diarrhea in the middle of a like fun high. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to all of a sudden ruin that for everybody (laughs) and myself. Right. Uh, So I didn't think that was going to happen anyway, but I was prepared to get sick. But you know what? Even with the vomiting, like you just purge, like it's instant. You're not nauseous for a long time. How long does it last? You can have it. You kind of are you you are in charge in a a certain sense. I was in my experience. So I kind of was able to steer it. And when I was done, I was done. But I could have easily gone on for a couple more hours and, you know, tried to tap into some other stuff. But I wasn't I just kind of wanted to I was I was I got what I was going to get out of it. And I was like, all right, let's go downstairs and have a drink. Is there something now when you look back at like your big relationships, is there a theme as to like why a lot of them ended? Yeah. I've only had like three serious relationships. Okay. Romantic relationships. And they know they all ended for different reasons. Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. But I ended them all. I mean, I, you know, I, I yeah, I, there's, I haven't had a serious relationship in a while. Yeah. Why so, do you think that is? I don't know. Something must be off. <laughs> You're like, fuck, I got to go back into therapy. Shit, no. The more annoying thing about being single is having people ask you if you're if you're dating anyone. Or if you do go on a date with somebody, your friends over amplify it and want to tell me about him. It's like, I don't know anything about him. Yeah. I'll let you know if there's anything to know. You're like, I don't even like, know his I last barely, name. I'm, I'm just going on a date. That doesn't mean anything. I'll right. tell you when I'm six dates in and I like someone. Like, that is I, I don't like to sit around and talk about boys. Well, I don't have any boys in my life to talk about right now. Yeah. But yeah, something must be off because I haven't had a lot of um, male. Um, uh, I haven't had a relationship in a while. I am very much where you know Ooh. very independent and very um into my alone time too so oh, yeah and, it, and it, that only gets worse as you get older like you become less and less tolerant of other people's like in your space yeah uh, and you're also quite busy you're just casually coming out with books and tours and you've got podcasts um let's talk about your podcast dear chelsea i think it's interesting because i have a segment also in my show where i give advice and i'm always like why do I it's not like I have a degree in like making why do you sure. think you can give advice yeah I'm like why do we give advice and I think like I would love to hear your answer because I think we're probably gonna have a similar like similar intertwining of like I'm so brutally honest that maybe sometimes to a fault that people's feelings get hurt but I'm like sweetheart like if he didn't fucking call you back like he never wants to see you again and like don't take it to heart. Like it is what it is. There's a lot of dicks in the world. Like you're going to be fine from your vibe. I respect you so much because you're very blunt. Why do you think you give good advice? 
Well, I give honest advice. So maybe it's not good, but I, de I definitely tell people the truth. And I find that most people just really need a nudge in the right direction. Like I am, you know, like a big sister. I am going to tell you what to do for that's best for you, you know, yeah. to take a risk, to be a little bit more brave or, you know, to live out loud a little bit without sounding so corny, but like be bold. You know, we're only here once, like get after it. Yeah. You know, what are you, what, what are you look, looking for and go get it, you know, try everything and, and be fearless. And, you know, sometimes you need somebody in your corner just to say that. So it's kind of like that. You know, we have silly people that call in with kind of stupid problems or, you know, one guy, this guy Shane called in and wanted to do, you know, he was too stoned all the time. He couldn't get high anymore. So he and I did a 30-day detox. And in that 30 days, he's like, oh, my God, he came out to his parents as trans. I mean, I'm like, only shit. Like, you think some of these problems are simple. Right. And then you uncover them and it leads to this domino effect or this ripple effect. And you're like... Oh wow, this is imp like important, and, and I want to be like people's best buddy. Like I'm not, I don't have any skin in your game. Of course, I'm going to tell you the truth, and I also have more empathy and more like, you know, compassion now in my life. I understand it more, and I know to be gentler with certain people when they are fragile. So it's like being in someone else's shoes, thinking about what it's like to be, um, you know, a black woman instead of your own experience, thinking about what it's like to be, you know, the person that works at the grocery store and what their life is like, really being empathetic or or knowing someone's going through a difficult time and trying to think about what it must feel like to be dealing with all of yeah. that. So it's just a little bit deeper than sympathy, you know? So do you think that that's like kind of helping now in this dear chelsea podcast yeah definitely yeah, definitely that's kind of cool yeah and i am you know like i am that for people for my friend that person for my friends you know when there is a crisis they do call me yeah that is where i am good at you know where i where i thrive i should say yeah um like i'm just good at helping someone get out of a situation or calm down a situation you know yeah and i fight like you know i'm very fiercely loyal to the people and to the people I don't know, like for any woman I would do that for, you know, yeah. um, and and uh, I like that. That used to be a quality that I didn't understand. I thought I just like drama. Yeah. I was like, oh, you just want drama. You know, you just love the drama. And it's like, no, actually, I'm a protector. I want to protect protect people. It has been an honor sitting down with you. I really appreciate you coming to my house. Um, again, guys, go watch her. Well, first of all, the HBO, I already watched it, so I'm obsessed. But if you guys want, go watch Evolution. It's fantastic. It's like a little over an hour, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and also, guys, if you want, go listen to Dear Chelsea. It's an iHeartRadio, right? Production. iHeart, yep. And then vaccinated and horny, baby. That's right. She's coming to us. Chelsea, do you think that you could get me tickets? She's like, fuck off. I think I can get you tickets. Okay, that would be cool. Yeah. I would love it. I'll yeah. be the one in the back with my face painted cheering. I'm ch Hey, Chelsea, remember you came on your podcast and you're like, throw that girl out. I don't know her. Um, thank you so much. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, thank you. Woo! We did it, you guys. All right, daddy gang. That is it for this week's episode. What a fucking experience. Honestly, getting to sit down with Chelsea was unbelievable I truly never thought I would be sitting not only sitting down with that woman but sitting in my house with her just like casually talking um it was pretty fucking amazing and next week it's just continuing daddy gang prepare yourselves to laugh your fucking ass off we have another legend coming to the dad pad next week I will see you fuckers next Wednesday <laughs>